Welcome to the Dad Code Podcast, where real dads come for real talk and no BS. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We are your hosts, Blake Melton and Bradley Newberry. Good afternoon. Man, it's a great afternoon when you get to talk about SEC East and the Florida Gators. Yeah, all this Florida Gators shit on my... Yeah! Good God Almighty. Come on! All right. So thank you for taking the time to hit play. Download this episode of DDS, Dad's Discussing Sports, and we are... About to do our 2021 SEC East prediction show. Yeah, man. Can't wait to get started. I think um, not going to be quite as many uh, surprises, I think, on this uh, division uh, of the SEC, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We're going to start right off with the Vanderbilt Commodores. Last year they went 0-9, and 0-9 in SEC play as well. They have a first-year head coach, Mr. Clark Lee. Yep. He used to play at uh, uh, Vandy. Uh, This is his first head coach position. Mm -hmm. Um, He was the defensive coordinator for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He comes back home, 38 years old, salary unknown. Mm, Uh, That's interesting. My prediction would be, what, uh, maybe about a million dollars, a couple of dinners at Ruth's Chris. And maybe a couple of Vanderbilt polos, maybe. I don't know. A box of Christie cookies. That may be pushing it. That may be pushing it. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think they did a decent job with the hire. They at least hired a former player that I feel like may actually want to be there. Um, we'll see the, the administration maybe maybe trying at least to right the ship. Um, I don't have a ton to say about the, the Vanderbilt Commodores other than I think everybody's going to get a win when they play them in the SEC. Um, I don't think that this is going to be a year that um, – they're going to want to remember too much, uh, but just because their their program has kind of been in shambles over the years, and ever since James Franklin left, they they've kind of been searching. You know, they they did the Derek Mason experiment, and it didn't really work out. And he kind of kind of left the the program in shambles, quite yeah. frankly. I do like the hire as well. When you get someone that uh, has a stake mm-hmm. in the university, it's got to be nothing yeah. but a positive. So uh, congrats there. Uh, they are returning their quarterback, Mr. Ken Seals. He had 1,928 yards passing, 12 TDs, mm-hmm. 10 interceptions, and all three wide receiver, yeah. starting wide receivers return. So there would be some And, hey, connection. they were also the team that had the first ever, ever female to score a point in an SEC game last year. And, hey, we'll, we'll see if that plays out again this year. I don't know if she'll be back, but, hey, we'll see. No. Yeah, the offense may be okay in this situation. Uh, Clark Lee being a defensive coordinator mm-hmm. from Notre Dame, which they have good defenses there, right? So he's they bringing do. down a little mentality. He's very young. Um, I do think that it was the right hire. It's going to mm-hmm. take. It's going to take a gonna tremendous take effort. Yeah, it, it, I mean, they have to be in this for the long run in order for Vandy to be able to get anything out of this. I mean, yeah. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I think it was a good hire, but we also got to keep in mind. I I don't know how well defensive minded coaches do in the SEC. Okay. Deep, and it's interesting because. Defense is hugely – it's probably one of the most important things in, when playing in the SEC. But um, they got to score some points. And, um, I mean, Derek Mason was a highly touted defensive coordinator whenever he came in too. So, I mean, we'll just see how it turns out. I think I'm hoping for their sake that the, the administration is, is being serious this time and is making a long-term investment both in their team and their facilities. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see how all that works out. I'm predicting that their offense will be functional, mm-hmm. but the defense is going to put them in it's going to put such them in a, a tough spot. bad spot that yeah. they're going to be chasing a lot. I don't know if the offense is good at chasing. Um, if their defense can play any, it can hold yeah. – they're not going to win off in the a field. match, I don't no, think. No, yeah, you don't want to do that. But uh, I like the prospect of the quarterback returning mm-hmm. with his three starters. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's a good start. That That's a good start, like you said. But it, can they win in a shootout? And, and Because I think that that's the only way they win, win games. And I just don't see that happening no. this and year. And unfortunately, Vanderbilt does not have a home field advantage to help them in no. those swing games. We no. talk about swing games a lot. No, but, I mean, uh, 
Yeah, they anyway. they the stars, the games to watch, pivotal mm-hmm. games. I actually circled the first three games of the year. Yeah. They're going, they're at home against ETSU, East Tennessee State. They have to travel to Colorado State, and then they're back home against Stanford. Look, Vandy, you've got an opportunity to do something here in the first month of the year. Maybe. If I've got those lose, down as 50-50 games. If you lose all three, then then my prediction, yeah. my, my prediction for you is going to be wrong if you lose all three. So, yeah. Let's get started. We'll let's get started there because then it's it's all oof. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's, they've, they've got to start off on the right foot if they want their, their season yeah. to go anywhere. All right, so we'll move on to the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, last year they were 2-8 and eight overall, 2-8 and eight in SEC play. Um, they are coached by Mr. Shane Beamer, mm-hmm. 44 years old, $2.75 million. He is the son of Virginia Tech legend Frank Beamer. Absolute legend. Absolutely, yep. Uh, I, I honestly, this hire actually scares me a little bit. A little bit. It kind of makes me think that South Carolina might actually be serious this time. Mm. Not maybe this year, but he seemed at, at the media days. He seemed like he was pretty well spoken. Um, seems like he's got a f- good football mind. I mean, it's in his blood once again. His dad uh, is an absolute legend in uh, at his own right. I mean, they fired Muschamp. That was a really great move, in my opinion. I think that he was dragging them down. But uh, they need to rebuild. This will be a, another one of those situations where I think you expect uh, there to be a prolonged lull because, I mean, they didn't have a great year last year. So I think it's just going to be a little bit of a rebuild year um, on their part. But, I mean, they do have some bright spots. Their running back duo in Harrison Lloyd – is going to be a it's going to be a good good combination for them and so maybe something they can build off of potentially. Yeah, you mentioned uh, returning running back Kevin Harris. He had he earned all mm-hmm. SEC honors last year with one thousand one hundred thirty eight yards, fifteen touchdowns, six point two yards per yeah, carry. Really good. Uh, they also return all SEC defensive end JJ and Agbar. Um, so, but questions there's going to be quarterback. Um, they have a pretty good offensive line, believe yeah. it or not. But uh, can the quarterback manage the game? Can they slow down the clock? Can they not have the costly turnovers? It's weird coming from a team like South Carolina that they've never really had, in my opinion, that great of a quarterback. Even when Steve Spurrier was there, you know, one of the offensive masterminds of this generation, it's like they've never really had that great of a quarterback. So it's you're right. It's it's down to can they develop a quarterback? I know this is a new coach, and I'm, I mean, look. Hopefully for them they can, uh, but we're gonna have to see it. Well, Proof's gonna be in the pudding. They're putting their luck on Luke, that quarterback. <laughs> Any other thoughts before we head nope. to Kentucky? That's all I got. All right. We're going to Kentucky. The Kentucky Wildcats last year they finished five and six overall, four mm-hmm. and six. In SEC play, uh, their head man is Coach Mark Stoops, 54 years old, scheduled to make $5 million. Uh, some interesting facts about Coach Stoops in 2018 with the Kentucky Wildcats. He broke the 31-game losing streak to Florida. Yeah. And he is the only coach in Kentucky football history that has been to five straight college bowl games. Yeah. He's really cementing his place in, in Kentucky football lore, I guess you could say. And that's hard I mean, to say. Hey, look, I mean, could this be a big year for them is the question. I mean, you know, everybody's talking, a lot of ifs, a lot of different positions. I mean, and if you're a fan of the SEC, particularly the East, I mean, quite frankly, we hear these ifs all the time, every single year from Kentucky. So can they actually put it together this year? The East is pretty weak outside of Florida and Georgia this year. I mean, could this be a, a, a time that they, they step over the Tennessees? They, they, they look past the South Carolinas. They don't even worry about them. Could they be in, in an easy third position and could they threaten for that second position? Cause I don't think they're overcoming Georgia this year. I, uh, I'm right on par with you here. I think uh, the tone gets set early in an, in an SEC East matchup. When they get to play the host, they are at home against Missouri. Yep. 
and it all starts there. And when we talk about Missouri in a second, too, I'm going to mention that game is for Missouri, you've got to set the tone there, too. So mm-hmm. as as weak of a matchup as it sounds, that mm-hmm. game is going to be important to both of these yeah. schools. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a 50-50 game for me. It's a big game. I mean, unfortunately in the East, there are way more 50-50 games with some of these teams than there were in the West, Just and it's for the wrong reason. Uh, it, it's just because I think the East is – not as strong this year as it's been in years past. So they are returning a senior running back, Mr. Mm-hmm. Chris Rodriguez. He had 11 touchdowns for the team last year. Uh, but the thing is, is that can they find some consistency on offense? They finished mm-hmm. dead last in all of SEC in offense, in the offensive category. A lot of ifs on both sides of the ball, which is kind yep. of scary. You know, if this happens on offense, then maybe. If this happens on defense – then maybe, um, so. But I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Swing. It's all. It's every year those ifs are there. It's like a, there's a lot of talk coming out of Lexington every single year. How great they're going to be if this happens. If that. If we stay healthy. If Jesus comes down and anoints us or something. There's always something every single year. The question is, is is that year that those ifs come to come to fruition. But I'll tell you, strong resume building, when you take Kentucky Wildcats to five straight bowl yeah, games, you that, can't argue that's, with that. That's pretty solid. Yeah, pretty Mark, solid. Mark Stoops is, has done amazing things there. I, I have to – I like him as a coach. I legitimately do. Yeah. I'm moving on to Missouri next. Okay. Uh, this is the swing game with the Kentucky-Missouri. But Missouri finished 5-5 five and five last year. Mm-hmm. Five and five in the SEC. Yep. They are coached by Eli Drinkwitz, 38 years old, scheduled to make $4 million. God, what are we doing? Mm. <laughs> $4 million, golly. I mean, he, in SEC media days, he called out the Kentucky Wildcats um, and said, you know, this is the program and the matchup that swings the entire season for his program. He he's, he compliments Mark Stoops multiple times. Mm-hmm. He's like looking at he's looking over to the east at Kentucky and saying, "Hey, that's what we need to be when we start this road of needing to compete with the Georgias and Floridas of the East." Look, I I like the the direct talking that he's doing there. I think that um, I think honestly, I think that's good coaching because you know his players are listening, and he picked a he picked a game. It's early on in the year that he said, "All right, Kentucky, that's week two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call them. I'm going to I'm going to tough talk them a little bit. I'm going to hype this up a little bit. I want my players to be ready for this. Yeah. I mean, look, 38 years old. He didn't earn that four million dollar contract for no reason. I mean, honestly, I think that's a good. That's a big time coaching move. I mean, their upsides this year is going to be their returning quarterback and. Uh, and some of their wide receivers are coming back as well. Um, so, uh, but hey, they lost a lot of defense this, to the draft last year. So yeah. it, it's is their defensive depth there? And you know, can they reload in the second year of a coach's tenure but, with it with a Missouri product to sell to these recruits? This is a question that you'll hear about some of the upper echelon teams in the SEC East as well. But depth, depth, depth? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Um, for a second year coach, he's only had the year and a half or so to build his own roster. So I personally think it's going to be a tough task, tall task here, uh, for the Missouri Tigers. Mm -hmm. Um, They are returning their quarterback, Connor Bazelak, who had 2,366 yards, seven touchdowns and six picks, um, a lot of yards. Um, they're off. They are headlined by their offensive play. Uh, the defense is totally turning over here, which is spells yeah. bad news. Yeah. When you're going through an SEC uh, schedule. Yeah. But uh, they'll they'll move. They'll be able to move the ball. Um, I think that Eli will. The coach uh, Drinkwitz will be looking for more consistency, needing those ratios of touchdowns and interceptions yep. to be better. Yep. You don't want it to be the same. You don't want it to be seven and seven or seven and six. Well, yeah. You I mean, you, you don't want to exactly. Go down. You don't want to be giving the ball back to your no. defense that quickly. You no. know, particularly when you have a new, essentially a new defense. 
this year um, with not a lot of experience, you don't want to be handing the ball back over to them. No, you don't. You know, too soon. And so. just to give a little props to Missouri, uh, we did some research since our last show, and yep. uh, the the campus and administration has spent money on renovations, over $90 yeah. million for an end zone project. Absolutely. And uh, this year they'll be showing off their newly installed AstroTurf 3D3 field turf. Uh, so a lot of money being put into the program yeah. that uh, we eliminated on a couple of shows ago. Uh, but um, as we touched on earlier, look, he knows. The SEC East, it's highlighted with Georgia and Florida, okay? Yeah. But uh, strategically says he's calling out Kentucky. Yeah. Because he sees them early. He sees them as a like program. Yeah. And to put himself in potentially position three. Yeah. To 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 earn that right to take a look at what's above in Florida and Georgia. Uh, he's calling that out. And now, of course, uh, when asked about Oklahoma. Oh, boy. Potentially coming into the SEC, I heard a little bit of bitterness. Okay. Uh, when asked about Oklahoma, he says, look, Arkansas is our rival now. Wow. Wasn't any, uh, no tension there. Seems to me like the uh, the newer members of the SEC are a little bit chippy when it comes yeah. to some other folks coming in. Uh, they don't want anybody else to come in. This man, is our playground now. They're Stay gonna away. they're gonna learn. If you're in the SEC, the right response is bring it. Not no, we don't yeah. want them to come in. Yeah, if you're in the SEC, you're like bring everyone. It. Absolutely, you want to be the you want to be the best. You got to play the best. Yeah. Well, that's so, all I've got on Missouri there. Uh, we're going to go up to old Rocky Top next. Yep. The uh, Tennessee Vols, they finished last year at an overall record of 3-7. and seven. SEC play also 3-7. and seven. Yep. They have a new coach. They have Coach Josh Heupel. Yep. He is 43 years old, scheduled to make $4 million. He is known for having top 10 offenses, mm-hmm. especially the last few years at University of Central Florida, where he went 28-8. and eight. Yeah, I mean, it, no one questions his uh, play calling ability, his ability to build an offense. Uh, I think in this situation, it's and I'll touch, I'll circle back to this, but we really don't know what this program is going to look like after the sanctions hit them. Uh, they know it's coming. They don't know what the severity of the sanctions is going to be. I I would expect they're going to lose some scholarships. There, there's going to be a bowl ban. Uh, for how many years? Who knows? Uh, but at the moment, I mean, Heupel is really – he's a young, really energetic guy. He's really a player's coach, it seems like. Uh, all the players seem to really love him, actually. His talent level is actually – it didn't really drop. It dropped. Don't get me wrong. Tennessee had a lot of really high-level uh, players on the team that just weren't being utilized. But uh, though he lost some uh, due to Jeremy Pruitt leaving uh, – the talent level is actually still pretty, still pretty good. Particularly, I think he's got he's got a decision to make at quarterback. Now, I was going to ask you. I, I find <clears throat> the quarterback situation to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Florida Gator fan, I'm like, man, they're just it's a shit show. But yeah. when I step back and I do some research about it, it it may be the most fascinating quarterback. Yeah decision that's yeah. going to be made. Can, do you have what's going on so, in Knoxville? Then? So, I mean, so we, obviously we have Harrison Bailey, who is kind of the highly touted freshman, he's remember, a sophomore. He's a freshman him. last year. Yeah. He's got a, a lot of, lot of upside, a lot of upside. Uh, then you have Hendon Hooker. Uh, he, uh, he, um, he is there. He's a different style quarterback. He's not a pocket passer. He's a little more athletic. Uh, and then you have the Michigan transfer in Milton. Who uh, he he went out and got himself, which, and I will say it's a little bit interesting, you know, that they only mentioned those three quarterbacks, you know, because uh, th- there are other quarterbacks in the cupboard. That's right. That they're just not talking about, but it seems like those three are getting the most attention here, and I I kind of tend to believe that, like you said, it, it's an interesting decision because now are they is Heupel looking at this and saying, yeah, Harrison Bailey's good. Yeah, Hendon Hooker's pretty good. But do I want somebody to fit my offense or do I want to adjust my offense to fit a quarterback who's been here and who's pretty good? Because I think that 
I don't think that uh, Harrison Bailey is a guy that's going to fit into a run-and-gun offense where he's got to do some read option work and things like that. Yeah, so, there's no doubt this uh, this coach is known for offense. Mm-hmm. He even said at SEC Media Days, he's like, look, we're going to be a very entertaining team to watch on the field and from the TV, mm-hmm. which don't step into that trap because then uh, it could be – so much offense so quickly that you're putting even more pressure on a defense that struggled and and that could struggle more. You know, you and I have talked about this. This is the trap that coaches fall into that have not ever played or been in the SEC. They think that, oh, I just got to score a bunch of points. That's what he wants to do. Look, scoring a bunch of points is great, but you got to be able to manage the game to where your freaking defense is not, you know, out there sucking wind every – 45 seconds because I mean the thing is you, you if you go out there and you go three and out in 10 seconds or you, you know you do whatever you throw a pick real quick or you even if you score real quick it still can backfire on you if you don't manage your time and your clock well so that's I mean it, really it that's what I have is the biggest question mark is what about the defense? I'm not really all that worried about the offense, honestly. I think they have some weapons on offense that um, that they they could make some stuff happen for sure. I think the running back position is – I think they got some good young players. Quarterback position, they're going to have to make a decision there. Wide receivers, I feel like they got some some options there as well. But what about the defense? You know, the loss yeah. of Henry Toto was huge. Uh, so we're going to have to see how their defense fares this year. That's what I've, I've – one of the questions I have written down is, what about the D? Um, and a nugget about 12 straight losses to Alabama, Florida, mm-hmm. and Georgia, but like their main rivals. But you, for a first-year head coach, put in a horrible situation by the previous administration. Yeah. Your focus can't be there. Your no. focus cannot be thinking about Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Not yet. No. Um, I did read some information about in his contract that, mm-hmm. you know, if there are two years of sanctions, then they'll automatically add two more years to his current contract, which I feel like is fair. I if you're going to pause everything, mm-hmm. then just give it back to him. That's a great clause in that contract because, I mean, that, that was – that was my concern was that Tennessee was not going to look at this as a long-term project and rebuild because I mean, you can't handcuff a coach whenever, if he, if he gets docked half his scholarships, you know, for three years and and then want to know why he didn't win the sec. I mean, the only, the thing that, that I think that he can get his players to rally around this year is to be the spoiler this year in the East. Cause I really do think that the talent level is there that, and don't get me wrong, I haven't really seen them uh, uh, play just yet, but it they could get in some shootouts potentially with a high-powered offense. If they can figure some stuff out on defense, there's a chance that they could sneak up on one or two of these teams and have, end up having a pretty decent year. If yeah. well, We'll get into to, yeah. to predictions I, here in a little bit. And I'm not even saying you, know, you have to be a defense that holds teams to – 20 or less points yeah. a game in the SEC play, because that's hard to do. But I'm yeah. just saying, hey, bend but don't break. Yeah. You know, if you're giving yeah. up yards, come up with a – take away the ball. Get a pick. Yeah. I mean, about a little fun, punch it out. I mean, you fun. threw a number out there. I think that if they can hold teams to less than 30, okay, they might have the chan- a chance to sneak up on a few folks. I'm not saying right. they're going to go 10-2. and two. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm just might. saying there's a chance. Maybe I predicted okay. they go 10-2. Okay. We'll see you later. But uh, any other thoughts on Tennessee? No. All right. We're going to move on to Georgia. 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 Georgia finished 8-2 and two last year. Uh, many were disappointed with an 8-2 and two record. 7-2 <laughs> and, and two in the SEC. They are coached by Coach Kirby Smart, 45 years old, set to make $6.5 million. Mm-hmm. He owns... A 52-14 and 14 overall record with Georgia and one SEC title. Pretty impressive, man. You know, uh, you know, he's kind of broken the mold, of, in my opinion, of defensive-minded coaches succeeding. You know, he's kind of – he's trying to be the East version of Nick Saban. Um, 
he's got a he's got some good stuff returning. So whoa, 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 whoa. He's got some great stuff. Yeah, returning. he's got a lot of. Y- stuff yes, he does. Him. You know, JT Daniels, a quarterback coming back. Samir White at running back. Mm. Just an absolute offensive juggernaut. I think coming down the pipe this year uh, by way of Athens. Um, I think that they've got a pretty damn good chance to dominate the East. The Florida game, man, that could be a good game. It could be. But I, I think ultimately Georgia might be able to pull that off, but it's 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 going to be a matter of Kirby Smart keeping everybody focused because uh, Georgia has kind of a track record of losing that focus every now and, every now and then. I think you, you've got everything, the perfect storm set up here. With everything returning, the mm-hmm. hype around the quarterback, JT Daniels, the biggest question that's coming out of Athens now is can we keep him healthy? Yeah. Can we not get him hurt yeah. early so we can get into the SEC mm-hmm. play and do some damage? How quickly can we score points so we can get him yes. off the field? That's what it's really about. That's the formula that his mentor, Nick Saban, uses for his quarterbacks, and that's why they stay healthy usually throughout the year. So retooling juggernaut just like Alabama, man. It's Mm -hmm. proven over and over. The offense is loaded. Um, Seven out of their 11 starters are back. Yes. Uh, Now, I will say, um, they are retooling in the defensive backfield, so the cornerbacks Mm -hmm. will be new. Yep. Uh, Their defensive line is pro-ready. Yeah. So no no problems there. They may be able to be exposed a little bit if opposing teams' offensive lines can hold up and pass pro. They may give up some plays through the yeah. air. Um, maybe. I mean, maybe if they're pro if they're pro ready on the defensive line, though. I mean, in general, that means that it's going to take some of the pressure off of the secondary, right. you know, because the linebackers can drop back into coverage a little bit more and help in that in that manner. But we'll we'll definitely have to see Kirby Smart being. Kind of uh, uh, Nick Saban's protege on defense, on the defensive side of the ball. I I feel pretty confident he's going to be able to, if nothing else, scheme his way out of some yeah. some of these games. And some of the highlighted games, you know, you start week one right away with a showcase game against Clemson. Yeah. This is not the same Clemson. No. This is not the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson Tigers. This no. is not – the Jacksonville Jaguars running back Travis Etienne Clemson. Nope. Uh, I think they win. I think Georgia wins that game. Yeah, I just I think, a little sneak peek preview at that. I uh, think they do too. Another highlighted game, of course, you meant mentioned is the Florida game. Um, where I'd argue was that much of a game last year. Mm, got out of hand. Yeah. Well. So, but uh, we'll get to Florida in just a minute, but. Uh, Boy, there's if if I if I had a choice of three teams in all of the SEC, mm-hmm. and I had Georgia, I I'd be very comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I how could you not? I, I'd take it. How could you not? So I. I anyways, moving moving on moving to the swamp. Moving We're to going swamp. to Florida. Florida Gators. They uh, finished eight and four last year because they couldn't win an SEC title game mm-hmm. or they couldn't they got their ass whipped against Oklahoma in the bowl game too adding to that four losses. Yeah. Um but 8 and 4 overall, 8 and 2 in the SEC. They did represent <laughs> the SEC East in the title game. Uh, they're coached by Dan Mullen, 49 years old, 6.1 million dollars. He owns a record of 29 and 8 while being the head coach of Florida. Not too bad. Dan Mullen, the quarterback whisperer, as I call him. Is Emory Jones his next pupil? He's going to need to whisper loudly. Yeah, so, I mean, what is the quarterback status down in Gainesville? Is Emory Jones the answer? I mean, I know we got to see some of them every now and then, but um, is he the guy? That's what what it comes down to. I mean, defense, got to have defense, got to be better. Always got to be better. Uh, they always just seem to be there at the end of the year. You know, and this is they they're going to benefit this year in the fact that Florida and Georgia are so far ahead of everybody else in the East. In my opinion, that it's going to be even more important for them to remain focused. And how well can Dan Mullen hold their focus for, throughout the entire year with the with the East being so weak? Uh, I mean, confidence will be high for pretty much the entire year. Uh, the Florida-Georgia game, 
That'll be an interesting to watch. That would be real interesting to watch. Yeah, this is uh, they'll have what I have written down here. They'll have two weeks. They'll they'll be at home against Florida Atlantic, and they'll be at University of South Florida. They'll have two weeks to figure things out because guess what? They're coming back home and hosting Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, what a way to start SEC play! I, I mean, look. I mean, that's it's, those, it's like they're at home for three weeks. They're in Florida. For three weeks. Well, if you extend it out, then they're at home against Tennessee after that. I know. I mean, they're they're there. Um, look, my thing is, I go into these seasons with no expectations right. as a Florida Gator fan and just hope for the best. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that uh, Emory Jones, the pass run threat, that's going to be – how does that play out? I mean, what does that look like? Uh, they do have a couple of good running backs coming back. Uh, Pierce and Davis that combined mm-hmm. over 800 yards. Uh, through my research, um, Athlon Sports has their group of linebackers rated as number one in the country uh, with Miller, uh, DeBate, and Bernie. Uh, defensive line features Zach Carter and Britton Cox. So I think they'll have plenty of pressure coming off the yeah. edge there. Um, all of their cornerbacks are back. Two mm-hmm. new safeties, so we'll see what happens in the in the backfield there. They lost a lot. Look, yeah. they, they lost a lot on the offensive side. Um, Dan Mullen's recruiting is going to be put to the test here. He's going to have to show us yeah. that he's been recruiting correctly the whole time. Right. Can they retool? And um, the swamp, will that play a factor? I mean, they will be leaning on that swamp. They're going to be hoping – that that early game against Alabama is a 95-degree day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and absolutely. And they want 90,000 rowdy people yeah. in a 95-degree day. Yeah. Like, get Alabama they early. They want it to rain the day before and it'd be yeah. humid as hell. They they want to get Alabama early is the only chance they've got. I've yeah. predicted that they lose that game, but uh, we'll hear more about predictions in just a minute. But Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned the recruiting. This is the, and it, we're talking about depth basically is what we're talking about. Um this like we spoke about in the SEC West uh prediction show. Look, the elite level teams reload every year. No matter how many time how many players they lose, there's always someone just as good if not better behind them. And um like you said, it is incumbent on them to uh, to make sure that they are reloading and recruiting uh, as they go along here. And we're going to find out whether Dan Mullen's been accomplishing that or not. So We are reaching out to uh, Matthew Parker as we speak. Matthew Parker is on the line. Um, thank you for joining us again here. We are talking about the SEC East. Ah, uh, my favorite. Yep. So wherever you'd like to start with the SEC East, uh, we kind of started with Vanderbilt. But uh, if you don't want to go in the order what? like you did last time. You started with the top? We started, <laughs> we started with a founding member. Uh, started with the founding member. Well, Vandy, I do love. And starting with Vandy, Vandy of the last two years, I believe, has won one game in the SEC. And at the end of this year, they have would have, in the last three years, won one game in the SEC. <laughs> They're going to be seventh, and they're going to go two and ten, beating ETSU and UConn. Now, as much as I pitch for Vandy to stay in the SEC, they're bad. Uh, last year, they could barely – COVID year or not, they struggled to field a football team. Um, Derek Mason did them no favors. Um, I really do love Clark Lee. I, I think he's, I, I, he's one of my favorite new coaches – in the SEC, I have one that's higher than him. We'll get to that in a moment. I love Ken Sills. I love Cam Johnson. Everything else needs help. They are going to be lucky to win those two games. They're going to be dead last, and I don't think that there's really any uh, chance they're not. Yeah, we did We did like the fact that they're returning their quarterback with the three starting wide receivers. And uh, But, my goodness, it's, it's a very, very tall order when you're, yeah. we're bringing in – the youngster, the defensive coordinator from Notre Dame. Tall order to ask in the first year, maybe even the first two or three years, but a little patience will be needed on West End. 
you, you know, I, I like the approach that that uh, they're taking there. They're being very it's, – it's really interesting to watch them in Tennessee with two different new coaches and two different approaches. You know, Vanderbilt's being very by-the-book or, like, very military-like, I, I should say. You have to earn your numbers. You have to do all this stuff. And, and you know, and Tennessee's having ice cream parties. Um, it's almost just an overreaction to what the previous regime was. Uh, but again, I do like the version that that Vandy's doing. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, win nine games under under this regime, but I think they can get back to you know six or seven type wins over the next few years. But very tall order. But yeah. I, I do like the way they're headed, but not for years to come. All right. uh, totally com- agree. Coming in at uh, number six, I have got the team that, that should be removed: South Carolina. <laughs> they're going to be five and seven. And again, new coach there. They've got a great running back duo. But while they're great at running the ball, they are just awful at the passing game. They had eight passing touchdowns last year. Eight. Uh, uh, we could fill the team, and I feel like I could throw for eight touchdowns. Um, so much like a lot of the other teams, uh, how they are in the West and why they're, they're beat down, the only reason that they're not in dead last is because they're in the East. Um, my next one is – at number five is going to be Missouri at six and six. Got a new coach last year, obviously, with the COVID year. Um, I don't really count that. It's more like this is your first year. Uh, you got a whole whole new offseason. And, and I think losing Larry Roundtree was a massive loss for them. He really was a cornerstone of their, their team. Um, Missouri's kind of like one of those meh teams to me. I know they won the SEC East. I think it was their first year in the SEC. But they, they feel like there's one of those teams that's always just going to win six games. What, what do you what do y'all's thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, uh, my prediction was right with you there. Um, six and six. Yep. I do uh, – I guess I like the fact that they have a returning uh, quarterback in Connor uh, Bazelak. But yep. uh, the thing I called out with this guy was – Seven touchdowns, six interceptions. You know that ratio needs to be better. Yeah, it's awful. It can't be fifty-fifty like that, and expect nope. to do anything more than be a five-hundred team. Exactly where I had them. I had them at six and six. Yep, same here. So far, I think you've been copying off my paper here. <laughs> I, I do. Have, have y'all given y'all's picks already? No, we have not. Okay. Well, I was going to ask a question because I was curious where someone was following. But I'll save that. So, number four, Kentucky. Uh, going to be at seven and five. Uh, Kentucky's running back room has the room to go crazy this year, um, mm-hmm. but much like Missouri, they have got to. Oh, I'm sorry, Missouri, but much like South Carolina, they've got to improve uh, their passing game. Uh, Kentucky's been dead last in passing offense for three straight years. The defense is going to be the strength this year, as it was last year. Uh, I just think that. Uh, again, going in the right direction, but I still feel a lot like that Mizzou-type quality. Although, you know what, for Kentucky, historically, 7-5 and is a pretty good season. I know lately they've been better than that, but historically, that's that's a good year for them. Look, man, it's like you've been listening in on our lead-up to this, the whole podcast, <laughs> uh, when we were breaking this down. Kentucky Wildcats good. and Missouri, that's week two. And it, it, to, to those outsiders, it doesn't sound like a big game, but to those two universities, what a swing matchup that is. Week two, yep, it's going to set the tone for one of those programs to maybe catapult to an eight-win season. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, Kentucky has won, or I'm sorry, has been to five straight bowl games under the leadership of Mark Stoops. That's- I would to push back on that. You're right, Stoops is doing great, but he's also been. Kentucky uh, coaching against a down South Carolina, a down Tennessee, heck, a down Florida there for a little bit. Uh, he's been, it's not the, the, the east of old that he's been coaching against. Hey, but take advantage of it. Good job, Kentucky, right. for taking advantage You're of right. that. Yeah. Um, th- this yeah. is the one I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and preface with I'm a Vols fan, and I'm looking through this through orange tinted glasses, but I have Tennessee at number three at eight – and four, and I actually struggled to, to not keep them at nine and three. Um, and the reason being this, I am very high on Heupel. What is y'all's opinions on the new coach? So I think that, I mean, obviously he's known for high-powered offenses. I think he is very much a player's coach. I think the guys love him. 
Uh, I think that um, he's he's going to rub some people the wrong way uh, on the booster side just because he's outside of the Tennessee uh, intelligentsia, if you will. But uh, I think that he's going to put an offensive product out there that's going to produce some some points. He's going to put points on the scoreboard. I think he's got a talent level that he can do some things with, and it's really going to come down to how can the defense respond this year to losing Henry Toto, and you know how can he rebound there? In my opinion, is where he's going to. I mean, because there's there's some toss up games in here. Uh, I'm with you. I I have a hard time not putting them at their ceiling of nine and three, but I. Man, it's really hard to call on some of these games because it's going to come down to what are these sanctions going to going to do to this team? That's true. Um, but I, I'm sitting here looking at it, and much like we talked earlier about the West and just being brutal for their schedule, looking at Tennessee's schedule, they could literally start 6-1, and one, Bowling Green win, Pitt win, Tennessee Tech win, Florida loss, Missouri win, South Carolina win, Old Miss win. That, that is not a ridiculous – uh, prediction that they could they could start now the back half gets much more brutal than that right. with of course you got Alabama I mean then you got Kentucky then you got Georgia but then you finish off with South Alabama and Vanderbilt right. I don't see why this team could not at least start four and one it could go the other way you know they could have a Georgia State type loss against Bowling Green one of the worst teams in football if that happens the, the wheels are off and they're done but I, I I don't see a way this team doesn't start three and zero. Yeah, I hope they've they've they got the schedule to set up to do just that. Um, Coach Heupel is known for having top ten offenses at, at USC, where he went twenty eight and eight. So the pedigree is there. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked Blake on this show. I'm like, look, he said at SEC Media Days, we're going to be entertaining, and that can be the trap. Um, you know, if you want to be entertaining on offense, are you putting your defense out there too many times over the span of a game? I, I do believe that they will be entertaining, and, and maybe it doesn't benefit them this year, but entertaining is what everybody likes, right? Right. You're, it's, it's hard to be the quarterback or wide receiver recruited to the team that's going to win 14 to 13. You want to go to the offense team. It's, 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 it's fun. I, it's the reason I don't I subscribe to the, the, the idea of never hiring a defensive coordinator. It should always be an offensive guy because, you know, if you have a good off, offense, your offensive coordinator is going to get poached. Yep. Um, you, I just think – the, the sky's the limit for this guy. I really do like him. And at number two, really the top two are just based off SEC being weak. And and, and Florida's going to be number two, right? Uh, they lost Trask. They lost Kadarius Tony, They lost Kyle Pitts. But they're also playing the Vols, Kentucky, Missouri, and South Carolina Bay. Um The problem, and, and Bradley, you can tell me this, the main one there, it's their defense, right? They gave up 31 points a game last year. They did. I mean, there's no, there's no questioning. It's just those are the stats. Yeah, I, I just, you know, struggle with that. But just looking at their schedule, I, I don't see how they don't go nine and three um, there, and and with you know major losses to Bama and Georgia, and then of course Georgia being the top ranked there, and Georgia will lose their first game against Clemson, uh, who's the proper South, the South Carolina team that should be in the SEC. Um, but they'll go 11-1 and one there, and then they're going to run the table after their first one. JT Daniels, y'all, is the real deal. He should have been starting from earlier on last year when he finally came in. They scored eight points per, per game more than they did with any other quarterback. Offensive line is going to be a major uh, uh, advantage there than anyone else, even though I know Cade Mays is over in Tennessee. Um, and the defensive line, forget the offensive line. The exactly. defensive line is the best in the country. You should have heard us talk about it. Blake and I said defensive line is NFL ready. It is. Yes. Uh, it's. I'm ready to see the draft and where all these guys go. It's uh, the the only thing that I only potential hole that I found in Georgia was if your offensive line can hold up. They've got a new defensive backfield. Their cornerbacks are new. They have number one prospects Ringo and Kimber. They bring back a fifth year senior in uh, speed. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if any of these teams' offensive lines can hold up to even I don't throw think it, the pass. I don't think it matters. I think it's you play, not play matter. could be back playing defensive back, and the line's going to get to them so quick that they're just not going to have much of an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just going to take so much pressure off of their their defensive backfield that it's it's not going to matter. Yeah, 
uh, as of watching the Titans last year, you could have the best cornerbacks in the league with a weak defensive line. It doesn't matter. Eventually, after eight seconds, somebody's going to get open. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, you start up front, you're strong, and you, you get back there. I, I don't see any team in the East coming out of it in Georgia. Okay. Uh, while I could see Texas A&M coming out of the West, um, I don't see there's any possibility other than Georgia to, with the schedule. Gotcha. Without uh, without Georgia coming down, so just another Georgia Alabama, and uh, <laughs> I think we know who's going to win that one, right? Well, I was about to say before you go, uh, we know it's you've got predicted Georgia and Alabama, but uh, what's your gut there? Are you saying roll tide? Well, I will never. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be Georgia. All right. Oh, all right. J- all right. JT Daniels. That's the secret. That's the key. Hey, okay. Let's, let's, good. let's keep him healthy. Awesome. Keep him healthy. Top high school guy. I mean, he is – There, this is going to be the final year that, that they break through. Um, it's going to be Georgia out of the SEC this year. Both are going to make the playoff. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we thank you so much for your insight and uh, definitely uh, ready to talk some NFL football with you. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us, of course. Absolutely. I'm more than happy to talk about how the Jags messed up their draft picks. Woo! <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Wow. Parker left him speechless. I don't know if I've seen Bradley speechless in quite some time, but that was a shot across the bow as he was walking away right there. That, but anyways, hey, it's interesting that, that, that he sounds had, like some hate. Yeah, it is. But Straight uh, hate. It, it is interesting that he had – Georgia and Alabama in the SEC championship and mm-hmm. Georgia taking. He thinks that okay. JT Daniels is going to take over the, the game, basically. You'll hear my predictions shortly, yeah. but uh, remember, if you listen to the last podcast, I didn't even have Alabama in the title game. I have Texas A&M with the same record with Alabama, and because of the head-to-head, I had Texas A&M in yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, so you are completely against the grain here, which is par for the course for Newberry. <laughs> all, right. all right so have we do we need to go down our predictions list did we already yeah, let's, let's do our predictions yeah we'll we'll buzz through these real quick here before we get to our uh predictions of who's Vandy. gonna win they were over what do we got what are we thinking man i'm thinking they're gonna go two and ten this year they could go as low as one and eight as high as five and seven but i don't think they're gonna approach either one of those i don't think it's very likely they go winless this year but they're going to struggle to get anything more than two wins. So I've predicted two and ten. Um, I don't necessarily know where the two wins come from. Um, Parker was pretty confident when he knew. But you know what? My gut tells me that they don't necessarily get both wins in the first three. Okay. I I, uh, I think they definitely the same get. Way. I think they get one there and. Yeah. I honestly think they're going to win an SEC game. I don't Ooh. know where. I don't know wow. how. That's bold. I had them getting one at ETSU and UConn. Those are the two <sighs> games I'm thinking they're going to win. I if Something tells me they may catch a team sleeping. You never know, enough. man. You never know. I mean, it just, I really, I mean, it just depends on what kind of product they're able to and it And it may, be, it may be you, Ole Miss. I'm looking at you. Come on, Lane. Come on, Lane. But, uh, don't let them talk to you two, like Two that, and Lane. ten. So that. The, all three of us have them two and ten, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, totally agreed. What about South Carolina? South Carolina, I've got them going four and eight and one and seven in SEC play as low as two and ten and as high as seven and five. Uh, I just don't think. Um, I think they're one of these teams that's got some. They got a good running back duo, so it, it's going to come down to how far does that take them? You know, so new coach. Maybe there's a little bit of a hangover, but yeah, I'm calling it four and eight. Boy, I, I have predicted it four and eight, and uh, I kind of circled some key games here. Um, mm-hmm. Two of them being the last two games of the year, Auburn and Clemson. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could if you lose both of those, you're no better than four and eight. If you can win one of those, I mean, you might be might be looking at a six and six yeah. in a bowl game. Um, yeah. I've also highlighted Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you get them at home. And uh, at Tennessee, if you uh, are trying to put yourself in a different tier 
because mm-hmm. I think that you're in a lower tier right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you if you're wanting to mix it up with the mid tier, then Tennessee yeah. game's a big game. Yeah, that would be the one to win. So four and eight, Missouri, Mizzou. I got them going six and six. I'm agreeing with Parker on that. Um, I, I I just I just think they're like Parker said. They're just a six win team. I, I I don't think that there's anything particularly special about them. Their defensive depth is not that great. At the moment, we're just gonna we're gonna figure out real quick what kind of coach uh, Eli is this year. So, yeah, I, I think they're in a in a really tough situation. Um, Eli, long term, may be very good um, at what he's doing, but only having just a year and a little change to mm-hmm. to bring in players and personnel that he wants. I think it's a tall, tall, yeah. tall task. Super I've got tall. them predicted at six and six, like we copied off of each other's paper. <laughs> but all three of us have them six and six. I think yep. their swing games, as we mentioned, it was week two at Kentucky. Um, I've starred the last game of the year since he called it out, mm-hmm. his new rival, Arkansas. Yeah. And uh, just like – South Carolina, I put a big circle beside Tennessee. They are at home against the Vols. And, yeah, I think it's fair enough you know, this year. Two teams that are seeing themselves kind mm-hmm. of in that second tier-ish. Yeah. Who's going to stand out above the rest? Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Kentucky. Kentucky. I'm calling that for this to be a pretty good year for the for the Wildcats. I got them at 8-4, and 4-4 four, four and four in conference play. They could be as good as 9-3. and three. They could be as bad as 6-6. Six and six. Uh, they've got a bunch of these games. I I have them defeating Tennessee this year, but I think that's very well a game that they could lose. Um, I think there's maybe a couple others in here that that could go either way. Uh, Carolina, I mean, again, this is these are teams trying to step into you know the limelight here. You know, they're trying to step up a little bit here. I've got them winning against Missouri. So it's just a matter of, once again, which one of these teams is going to stand out. And I think that Kentucky might be the one this year. I've got predicted that they will beat Missouri as well. Maybe a little home field there week Mm -hmm. two. Um, I could see them. I can't believe I'm about to say I could see (laughs) them winning nine. But uh, I had to to just – scale back a little bit my official <laughs> prediction is seven and five i don't know how that's going to happen whenever i was going through each team i was like wait a minute i have too many w's here yeah i felt like th- I, I felt like it too i had to go over them again because i was like ah. can kentucky be a nine win team because when i was doing the win loss thing and i ha- saw that i was like whoa 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 i mean historically minute. they give some of these teams a lot of trouble and some of them <laughs> begin with an f and end in an a yes i mean they give florida a hard time some year, a I lot mean, of years florida was five minutes away from losing that game until kentucky's defense just went to sleep i mean they win that game they're in nine and three on mine <sighs> Okay, so I, when I did the exercise, I had nine, but I, my official prediction is going to be seven and five. Okay. Uh, so Parker was seven and five mm-hmm. as well, and you mm-hmm. had? I had eight and four. Eight and four, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we, we're pretty high on Kentucky. Wildcats. I think so. I think we're bullish yeah. on Kentucky. What do we got for the UT Vols? All right. Tennessee, I think this year they're going to have a respectable season. I don't think that they – look – I've got them at seven and five, three and six in conference play. If Josh Heupel goes eight and four with this team in this in this conference in this period in this team's history, he deserves to be coach of the year in the SEC, in my opinion. Uh, but I've got them at seven and five. Like I said, I do not have them beating Kentucky. Uh, and I let's see who else here. I don't have them beating Ole Miss, so I have them as a as a high. They could be as high as nine and three, and as a low, they could be as bad as four and six. It's a lot, a lot yeah. of swing. There's, I mean, again, the the sanctions are going to play a huge role, I think, in this. Okay. Um, before everyone thinks it's just hate. I went through the same program, win-loss, win-loss. And I initially came up with six and six, right mm-hmm. in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think that they have a couple of swing games. And honestly, they're three games in a row. You have at Missouri mm-hmm. versus South Carolina versus Ole Miss. 
I think you've got to get South Carolina out of that. That's at home. Mm-hmm. You got to get that one. Can you beat Ole Miss or Missouri? Um, if you come out of that with three wins, three and zero, oh, that is. That if, you, if you come Ooh. out of that with three and zero, oh, you're going to be feeling pretty good. I don't think that they can do it. I don't think they win all three of those. Man, all right. So here's what I did. I went six and six in the initial. I'm going to ticket down one. Okay. I'm going to go with the official prediction of five and seven. I okay. think they just miss the six and six. I think that they have the ability to win eight games. Um, I'm not as bullish on them as I am Kentucky, mm-hmm. but uh, I, man, if, 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 if when all this dust settles and it says UT balls eight and four, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I mean, I really no one would. would no one would be surprised because you have the you have the South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri, even contingent that's all there together, and it's like, who's going to which stand one up? of you is really going? And even if one of you stands up, are you really standing out? You know, just be number because one in the second tier. I would argue that I think Kentucky's going to be that team this year, but I don't really think it means much no. because of how down the SEC East is. So I've got five and seven, Parker eight and four, and you seven and five. Seven and five. All right. How about the Florida Gators? Florida Gators, they're going to have a strong season, ten and two, six and two in conference play. I've got them dropping uh, games to Alabama and Georgia this year. I think they're going to have a good year, man. But I, I don't know. I don't see enough on paper to make me think that they're going to be able to get over the Georgia hump this year. Yeah, I'm torn here. I did the uh, the win loss thing, and I had him at ten wins, um, with no expectations. Uh, my official prediction is nine and three. Uh, I wow, because I don't because I don't know what Emory Jones and all what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, temper expectations. Um, you know, versus Bama as much as I'd like to see it, as much as I was hyping yeah. up the, I hope it's 95 degrees and 90,000 people there. Sure. I can't bank on that being a win. Yeah, that would be a hard sell. No, and then, and then what makes me shake my head is they have to turn around and play UT the next week. Are they going to be able to field a team? Does it matter if they're able to field a team? I don't know because the unknown is I don't know what the hell Tennessee is. Yeah, so, I don't think anybody knows. Tennessee's kind of that team that that they could piss in a lot of people's cornflakes yeah. for sure. And then guess what's after that? They go to a place where they just came off losing a couple of years ago at Kentucky. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I, and, and they could be as bad as eight and four, in my opinion. So uh, I'm gonna lock it in at nine and three. Parker nine and three, and you went ten and two. Mm-hmm. All right, Georgia. 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 Oh, I got them running the table, 12-0, 8-0 in conference play. Could they potentially win or lose a couple games? Yeah, potentially, but I don't think they're going to. Uh, it's going to come down to the to the Florida game, uh, in my opinion. I don't think, uh, you know, it's really about Florida and that, and that first Clemson game, in my opinion. Does Clemson sneak up yeah. on them? I think Auburn will be a good game, but I don't think Auburn has – what it's going to take to beat Georgia this year. Uh, as Parker said, I think JT Daniels is going to be the guy that's going to take over the game. He, yeah. uh, well, we'll talk about the SEC championship here. Yeah, Parker uh, says the only game that they'll lose is the Clemson game week mm-hmm. one to start off zero and one. Mm-hmm. I am predicting that they win that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, I'm not even sure if it'll be close. Uh, I think they're going to set the tone early. I do too. I think that Georgia sets the tone. Um, I'm predicting them to go 11 and one, yep. win the SEC East, but they are losing to the Florida Gators. Okay. Um, okay. But this, I don't know what else to say that we haven't said already. They, this is the perfect storm. They've got it stacked. Yeah. The the biggest thing is can you keep your quarterback healthy? Yep. Because if not, this could <clears throat> fall to an eight and four type yep. season. Yep. You got to keep that offensive line healthy. You got to keep them focused. They got to protect, protect, protect JT Daniels this year because he's going to win a lot of games for him this year. So 11 and one, 
Parker 11 and one, you went 12 and 0. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of us have Georgia representing the East. Yep. You and Parker have Alabama. Yep. Uh, I have Texas A&M in the West. Mm-hmm. So what do you think for the I, title game? I think I'm gonna um, I'm gonna say that the Alabama Crimson Tide and Nick Saban's experience is gonna be too much for Georgia to overcome, and I think he will continue this winning streak against his former assistants, and he will once again win the SEC championship. What do I have written there? You have Georgia equals SEC champs. And believe me, that's not easy to say, being a Florida Gator fan. But um, Texas A&M versus Georgia. I have the Georgia Bulldogs, if if they can keep that quarterback healthy. I love defense. And whenever I see the defensive line is NFL ready, I love it. Mm-hmm. So I'm predicting Georgia to win the SEC championship. I may also, on this show, go ahead and predict that three SEC teams make the playoffs. It would be the only justice, in my opinion, for them to do that. They got to have three. Georgia, Texas A&M, Alabama. That's got, they have to be there. If they have the kind of years that we think they're going to have, it would be an absolute travesty for there to be any fewer than three SEC teams there. Yep. Well, we thank you for so. taking the time to hit play and download this podcast. Uh, the Dad Code presents Dads Discussing Sports. As we go off the air here, we'll show you all three of our predictions mm-hmm. side by side by side. But this was the SEC East Prediction Show 2021. We thank you so much. Y'all be well.